0: CHAPTERS 31 AND 32 OF THE LIFE AND DOCTRINE OF SAINT Catherine OF GENOA. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY ANNE BOULET THE LIFE AND DOCTRINE OF SAINT CATHARINE OF GENOA. CHAPTERS 31 AND 32. Chapter 31. When love had taken upon himself the care and control of everything, he never more abandoned it. And I, said the saint, gave the keys of the house to love, with full power to do all that was necessary, and I took no heed of body or soul, friends, relatives, or the world. But of all that The law of pure love, requires I took care that the least part should not be wanting. And when I saw love accepting the charge, and producing the effect, I turned towards him, and was occupied in watching this, his work. And he made me look upon many things as unjust and imperfect, which before had appeared to myself and others as just and perfect, and in everything was found defects. If I spoke of spiritual things... Love suddenly checked me, telling me that I must not speak, but let the flame burn on within. No word and no act escaping, which should serve to refresh either soul or body. One day I asked my confessor if I should try to eat, that I might not cause any injury to the soul or body. Love answered me within, and the confessor from without. Who is this who speaks of eating or not eating, under the form of a motive? be silent, for I know you, and you cannot deceive me. Finding his eyes so acute and powerful, I gave up all to him, asking God to do with me what seemed to him good, to strip me of all things, and clothe me with his simple, pure, powerful, great, and burning love. And then love exclaimed, It is my will to leave everyone naked, naked. Neither will I have anything above me, nor under me. And be it known to you that such is my nature and condition that I convert and change into myself all souls that can be changed despoiling them of self love will be alone if another should be in his company the gates of heaven would be closed against him for they are open only to pure love let each one then leave himself to be guided by love that he may be conducted to that end which pure love desires all to attain pure love draws the soul to himself in a variety of ways and when he sees her occupied with any affection, he marks all things that she loves as his enemies, and consumes them without sparing herself or her body. And although the nature of love would destroy them by one blow, yet seeing the weakness of man, he cuts away little by little, and silently. For we cling so firmly to the object of our love, which we esteem beautiful, good, and just, that we will listen to nothing that opposes us therefore love says i will put my hand to the work for with words i can do nothing i will destroy all things that thou lovest by death infirmity or poverty by hatred and discord by detraction scandal lies and infamy by relatives by friends and by thyself till thou knowest not what to do finding thyself cast out from all things that constituted thy delight and receiving from them only pain and confusion neither dost thou understand these operations of divine love all of which seem contrary to reason both as regards god and the world therefore thou dost cry and lament striving and hoping to escape from this distress and thou wilt never escape from it when divine love has kept a soul thus in suspense and as it were desperate and disgusted with all things that before she loved, then he shows her himself with his divinely joyful and radiant countenance. And as soon as the soul perceives it, naked and destitute, she casts herself into his hands, crying, O blind one, what didst thou seek? What hast thou desired? Here are all the delights thou hast sought. O divine love, how sweetly hast thou deceived me in order to strip me of all self-love, and clothe me with pure love, abounding with every delight. Now that I see the truth, I have nothing to lament but my ignorance. Chapter 32 with this blessed soul everything was so well ordered that whenever she had control or could offer a remedy she never could endure any disorder and she could neither live nor converse with persons who were not well regulated especially if they were those who appeared to have entered with herself the way of perfection and when she saw them countenancing any imperfection and taking part in any of those things which she had learned to abhor she left their company She was very compassionate to all creatures, although merciless to their defects. So that when an animal was killed, or a tree cut down, she could hardly bear to see them lose the life that God had given them. But she would have been very severe in rooting out the evil from one who had brought it upon himself by sin. She could not see her own sins, or realized that she must sometimes commit them, neither could she believe that others would sin, and so entire was the peace of her mind, that it seemed to substitute for bodily sleep. Such repose was, however, more refreshing to her body than natural sleep, for sleep takes off the mind from God. She was so restrained interiorly, that she was wont to say, If I uttered a word, breathed a sigh, or cast a glance toward any person who could understand me, my humanity would be well content, as a thirsty person when given drink. Meaning by this, that when she was pierced by the arrows of divine love, she lost all feeling and remained motionless, until God, as it often happened, relieved her from this occupation so opposite and repugnant was the spirit to humanity that when humanity wept the spirit laughed and held her in such subjection as to reprove her not only for every unnecessary action but for every word not permitting those around to offer her any alleviation in her trials seeming ever lovingly to mock her by exciting her desires for these things with which she was accustomed to console herself allowing her to taste all things and then suddenly destroying all relish for them, till by degrees she had none left for any earthly thing, and could find no exterior or interior nourishment, and in this desolation a secret longing would come over her to hide herself and weep and lament. Sometimes she would cast herself into the hedge of rose-trees in the garden, and seize the thorns with both hands, without feeling the pain, so entire was the occupation of her mind she would bite and burn her hands, to relieve the interior suffering that consumed her, and the most extreme external pain she esteemed as nothing. Her body was often so deserted by the spirit, that without any resistance on her part, four persons could not move her from her seat. All these things were not done voluntarily, but by a spontaneous impulse. Neither did she find any consolation upon the earth, but was constrained to shun those things, without which others cannot live. She found no solace except in her confessor, with whom she had an interior and exterior correspondence. But he too was taken from her, and her sufferings greatly increased, because there was nothing to which she could have recourse, either in heaven or on earth. And she was wont to say, i am in this world like one who is away from home who has left all his relatives and friends and finds himself in a foreign land when having accomplished the business for which he was sent he is ready to leave and go home where his heart and mind are for so ardent is his love of his own country that a day of absence seems a year she felt herself every day more and more restrained like one who is confined at first within the walls of a city then in a house without a garden now in a hall now in a chamber then again in an antechamber sometimes in a dimly-lighted remote apartment then in a dark prison her hands tied her feet chained her eyes bandaged and without food for no one could speak with her and she was left without hope of release but by death she had no consolation but the knowledge that it is a merciful god who does all this in his love and with this she was satisfied. On one occasion, hearing someone repeat the words, Arise, arise, ye dead, and come to judgment, she cried aloud, in the excess of love, Would that I come now, now! And all who heard her were astonished. With that burning love in her heart, it seemed to her that she could pass through the most searching judgment, for she saw nothing in herself for that judgment to condemn. She even took pleasure in the thought of it, for she earnestly desired to see the infinitely powerful and just judge who makes all things tremble except pure and simple love End of chapters thirty one and thirty two